How many of you ever are in Daniel chapter 6? Daniel chapter 6, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 officials so that they would be over the whole kingdom and over them three presidents of whom Daniel was first so that the officials might give accounts to them and the king not suffer loss. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the officials because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the officials sought to find occasion against Daniel according to the kingdom. But they could not find no occasion nor fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. This morning I want to look back to verse 3. Chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and officials because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Father, we love you today. Lord, I'm asking for your help. Lord, I ask for the Spirit of God, who is the, who is the preacher, to come this morning to anoint these lips of clay. Lord, let every word be the word that comes out of your mouth, nothing more and nothing less. Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say to your people today. And we'll be careful to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. An excellent spirit was in him. This morning I want to speak to you for just a little bit on that very subject. A spirit of excellence. I want everybody in the room to hold up your right hand. Said, I do solemnly swear that I love my preacher. <laughs> Y'all all put your hands down. Half of you went, uh, they went. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> I do solemnly swear I love my pastor today because he's fixing to come right down my row and he's going to plow deep. And I'm going to be all right when I leave. In Jesus' name, a spirit of excellence. I, I came, I've had it all in my heart all week long. In fact, the Lord's been dealing with me. I told Brother Ed the other morning, I said, I, I told him if he'd let me sleep, I'd be obedient. Y'all know what, you know, some of you don't even know what that means. See, I like, see, when I go to bed, I like to sleep. Heather will tell you I'm asleep before the light can leave the room. I, between sitting down and my head hitting the pillow, I'm gone, and I like to sleep until it's time to get up. When the Lord has something really hit, he wants to really get my attention with, he tends to wake me up in the night. Sometimes he keeps me awake. And I, th- I said, Lord, I promise that, I'll, that I'll, I'll be obedient. Just let me sleep. Evidently, he knows me better than I do because he didn't listen. A spirit of excellence. Since we've been... I'll have a few admissions, and I'll talk about me a little bit, and then we'll see what happens, all right? I have to admit that 
a few things. We're, we're loving being in South Texas. Well, my family loves it here. We're glad to be here. We love pastor in this church. We love what God's doing in this church. And we love what we believe God is going to do in this church. It's not about anything that's happened in the past, either in our life or in the life of this church. How many know that we only can do anything about the here and now? I can't change, I can't change what I had for breakfast this morning if I had ate. Can't change it. Can't change what I did yesterday. Can't change what's happened before in my life or in the life of this church. How many know that? Oh, we're going to ask you until you get it. How many know that? Can't go backwards. There's only forwards. And I've been praying about the forward. How many has been praying about the forward? Amen. And... Of course, we know we're in this season of transition pastorally and building. And uh, how many know we're in a season? We're in a season. And so you try to come in and you, you, know, you get to know people and you, they're getting to know you. And most importantly, they're getting to know you. And hopefully they're going to like you. And that's important because you have an election next year and all that. Y'all don't think anybody thinks about that? You think about that. And I think the Lord would be dealing with me about this and about that. And I'd say, but Lord, I have an election next year. Like he doesn't know that. How many of you know the Lord knows that? Amen. He knows it. So what am I telling you? I'm fishing to preach to you about things to come and what we're looking towards knowing that I have an election next year. <laughs> and I made up my mind a long time ago. I told the Lord and he's reminded me. That I told the Lord if I, when I answered his call that I would preach whatever he laid on my heart. Let the chips fall where they may. That he was in charge and that I wasn't. He's reminded me of that a couple of times. I remember when I was going to pastor Grayson Assembly of God. I showed Jared pictures of Grayson. You'd have to see Grayson to understand it. But it's about, well, 10 miles from anywhere. You go out to nowhere south of Boonville. And when you get to nowhere, you turn right and go five more miles. And I'm not kidding. Am I kidding? Nope. They, they, uh, the world ends about a quarter mile past the church in the Washita Mountains. I'm not, I, think, I, don't think, I think it's unexplored territory right out past it. One room upstairs, two rooms downstairs, a building built. It's on the National Register of Historic Places, built in the Depression. A very interesting place, but it looks more like a one-room schoolhouse than a church, really. Naughty pine, the whole interior, and all of that, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. And I went out there to fill in a few times because nobody wants to go to Grayson. But I got out there, and I remember going a couple times on a Sunday morning. There's a handful of people. And... About two or three weeks into that, a presbyter called me one day. I wasn't even credentialed yet. I was just helping the guy out. And he said, J.R., I got a question for you. And I said, all right, shoot. He said, I think you ought to go pastor Grace and Assembly of God. And he didn't even get it out of his mouth. And I said, no. And I mean, he didn't get it out. No. He said, I'll go out there anytime you want me to, but I'm not going out there to pastor. And... With my cell phone in this ear saying no, how many of you know the Holy Spirit is around? 
and he's listening, and he's aware. And as I was telling the presbyter no in this ear, the Holy Spirit in this ear was saying, you told me that you would go anywhere I ask you to go, and you would preach anything I ask you to preach. Literally, it's all happening at the same time. And I remember thinking, <laughs> literally. And I interrupted the presbyter in the mid-sentence. I said, Brother Caldwell, forgive me. I said, if you need me to go pastor at Grayson, then I'll go pastor at Grayson. And so I did. I'll never forget the first service. We were the pastors there. We went in on a Wednesday night. It was me and my late wife and Mays. And including us three, there were nine people. And of those other six, only one of those were, was an adult. There was seven children, including Mays. I'm sorry, there were, there were six children, including Mays, and three adults. How many of you know that's everybody's dream pastorate? I remember we used to make a deal out of being five miles out on Jack Creek Road. I remember I would preach about being five miles out on Jack Creek Road, and we had one room upstairs, one room downstairs, and one toilet. I used to say it all the time, and one toilet. One room up, one room down, and one toilet. I remember going in there with us. It's about as hot there as it is here, if you don't know that. Some of you don't know that, but it's, a, it's hot. And I remember three window units on each side of that old church with windows that were so rotten at the bottom that I could, there were two places that I could literally stick my hand through the corner, and if you'd have been on the outside, I could have patted you on the head. No insulation. None. When they scraped 15 gallons, yes, of dirt dauber nest out of the attic, I thought it was a mistake because it's all the insulation we had. <laughs> none in the walls, none in the ceiling, none. Six window units pulling off. It's a wonder the building didn't burn down from six window units. Downstairs, there was a walkout basement, and there was a hole at the bottom of the door that a 20-pound raccoon could have walked through. No kidding. Two junk vans sitting out in the front. It was just a dream of mine come true. And I thought, what have I done? What have I gotten into? What do I do now? And I began to pray. I'm telling you this for a reason. Begin to pray and begin to seek God. And God began to bless. Church began to grow. Funds began to came in, come in. I remember in a short span of time that we put a new roof on the building and paid for it. Then we began to, began to preach about that being a country church was no excuse not to be great. We get, began to preach about that, that God was excellent even when the circumstances were not. We began to preach about that God can do big things in small places. 
And we began to cause people to understand that the same God of the mega church was the same God of the tiny church. Sometimes even more so. That if we begin to pray and we would begin to lean in, if we would begin to ask big, I say, I used to say it all the time, I need to bring it back. We serve a big God. We serve a big God. We serve a big God. We ought to ask big. You think God is surprised and shocked and don't know how he's going to work if you ask big? Why should we ask big? Because the word of God says you have not because you ask not. We tend to limit God to what we can pray, to what we can think, to what we can ask, to what we believe he can do. We tend to think that he's confined by our circumstances. But he's a big God. And we begin to pray and we begin to preach and we begin to expect things to be different. How many of you know expectation is a lot of the game? Come on, it's all right. Expectation. I I don't quote John Hagee very often, but this is quotable. John Hagee says often, he says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I have met some of the most talented people in the world that could do anything But they never believed they could. And guess what? They were right. I met people who didn't have as much talent as someone else. They didn't think they had the ability and they actually didn't have the ability that someone else had. But they believed they could. And guess what? They were right. I started believing that God could fill up a little church out in the middle of nowhere Arkansas, that he could provide to be able to take care of the needs, the real needs that we had. Pretty soon we had a new roof. Within a year we had all brand new windows, 40 of them, and new doors. We closed up the animal holes. Not long after that, when we had closed up the animal holes, along with that was a guy that come through that said, if y'all can afford the, the, the unit, I'll install it. We went from six window units and, and big drafty windows and, and the winter, don't let's not even talk about cold, up in the Washita Mountains with no insulation and little gas stoves attached to the walls with holes this big around in the windows. Y'all want to talk about cold? We could talk about cold. But within a year, there was new windows, there was new doors, there was central heat and air. There was a new roof because God began to bless. And God and the word of God and the Spirit of God began to move and the church began to grow. And with and with growth came blessing. We couldn't get our kids to camp because we didn't have anything dependable enough to even drive. Within eighteen months we had a brand new van sitting out on the parking lot. With everything paid for except the van, not paid in full, but it was a huge chunk down to affordable. Brand new, about $200 a month. And the God began to move. I remember the day that Tommy Carpenter, missionary, came. He's the former secretary of the Arkansas district. Came. He came to preach one day, 
And when he got there and the people began to come in, he said, what in the world have you done? The Arkansas district superintendent called the next week. He said, Tommy Carpenter called me and he said, J.R., what are you doing? I said, I don't know. He said, what do you, I said, what do you mean, Brother Moore? He said, he told me that it was full. Little old bitty church that day had about 70 people in it. And I, that was full. I mean, that was full. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people that never thought they could. Nobody ever told them that they could. As a matter of fact, they were pretty convinced that they couldn't. And that a crazy preacher from the other side of the county that was wet behind the ears for sure and it wasn't his dream to be there began to call on God and God began to bless and do things to a scale that that church could have never dreamed of. Now I came to talk about us because I'm calling Mag Church up. As your pastor, I, I, I get to do that. You say, you're not God. I said, no, I'm, God's, I, I'm, I'm the pastor that God's placed here. I get to do that. I get to call you up. I get to ask you to up your anticipation, to up your expectation, to up your prayer life, to begin to stop asking God for what you believe we can handle. That's why churches stay behind and lag behind and never get anywhere because we pray and ask only on a level that we believe that we can handle. Never asking what God wants and what he can do through the people that are here. And let me tell you, when you begin to call on him and for excellence, when you begin to have an expectation of what he can do, when you begin to convey to the people that there's a God that's bigger than we are and he has a plan that's bigger than we have, and that if we begin to call on a big God, that a big God will begin to do big things and he will call people out of mediocrity, he will call them up to excellence, and he will begin to up the standard. He will plug in pieces that you didn't know you had. He'll bring in pieces that indeed you don't. And he'll begin to place them in order. But it happens, listen, it happens when people begin to realize that there's a need for excellence. The enemy of excellence is mediocrity. The enemy of excellence is mediocrity. What can never happen, what should never happen, what I'm asking you to never say again is we're just little old Mauriceville Assembly of God. We're just, we're just a rural church. I've actually heard that about a dozen times since I've been here. We're just a rural church. Y'all don't even know what rural looks like. There's more people in Orange County than my county I grew up in and the five counties surrounded it combined. You don't even know what rural looks like. I can take you to Boone County, Arkansas. Say that, Boone County. And it's named after Daniel Boone. Where there was a church in a town of 46 people. Ten years ago, 46 people. Today, that church in a town of 46 people runs 2,200 people consistently. 
I can take you to Lavaca, Arkansas, where the population on the sign is about 950 people to a church that runs over 2,000. More people than live in the town. You say, can that happen in Mauriceville? Is that going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen in Mauriceville, but I know that there's a God who knows what's going to happen in Mauriceville. And I know there's a people in Mauriceville and a church in Mauriceville that they will set their sights on things above. If they will begin to believe in a God that can, that there is just no telling what God will do. A spirit... Of excellence. I've been preaching on spiritual warfare and I've been talking about for weeks that everything is spiritual. Church, everything is spiritual. I just read to you with biblical proof that there is a such thing as a spirit of excellence. It says that Daniel said there was 120 people, they would be governors in our society over the Babylonian Empire. 120. It says, and over those 120, there were three presidents. And of those three presidents, that Daniel, a foreigner, that was brought, a, 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 a Hebrew, that was brought into captivity when the Babylonians invaded the land of Israel and, and threw everything over. They, they took the very best and the very brightest that the country had. They took their treasure and the brightest people and they left the rest behind. And among those bright and elite was Daniel. And through the ranks, he rose in, in, a, in a situation where he was a slave. And he rose up to second in command of the entire Babylonian empire. And they said the reason was, how many of you know that's impossible? Hello? That a slave becomes the vice president. Second only to the king in a captive situation. Do y'all know that's impossible? Hello? Impossible. How and why did it happen? The king began to notice that he said, I, I tried to change their diet. I tried to change their environment. I tried to change their circumstances. And nothing could change Daniel. Why? The Word of God says because he had a spirit of excellence. What does a spirit of excellence look like? What does it require? What are you asking? What are you preaching about? What are you even talking about? We kind of don't even know yet. Excellence never discounts what God can do. Excellence doesn't settle for second best. Excellence, mediocrity is not an option. Excellence will cause you to be here on time. Oh, he said, oh, now he's starting to put the plow in. Excellence will cause you to step up when there's a need and do it as unto the Lord. Hold on a minute. This is the point where we knew we'd kind of get quiet. And we knew we'd need to talk about it just a second. Excellent will cause you to see a need and do it as unto the Lord. There is no place within a church body for the attitude of I'm just a volunteer. Take it or leave it. 
Do I need to say it again? There's no place within the body of Christ that says I'm just a volunteer. You can take it or leave it. Hey, when I'm here, good. When I'm not here, you ought to be glad I just showed up. There's no place in excellence for that attitude. Everything. You, if, you're, if you're saved, you are part of the body of Christ. And what is good for you is good for everybody else. And what is good for everybody else is good for you. Can the, can the hand say of the foot? Can the eye say of the foot, I have no need of thee? Are you hearing me? We're all important. We all have a role to play. And every one of us, when we step up to that role, ought to do it as unto the Lord. What does that mean? You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for your spouse. You're not doing it for the board. You're not doing it for recognition or convenience. You're doing it because you're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because you're needed and you're wanted and you're desired. And you ought to do it to the very best of your ability. You ought to step up. You ought to stand up. You ought to show up. You ought to show up on time. And you ought to give it the best you've got. So do you really expect that? Listen, I'm going to... I told you I came to... Don't you dare expect more of your pastor. Expect more of your youth pastor. Expect more of your secretary. Expect more of your worship leader and your musicians. Don't you dare expect more of them than you're willing to give. Oh, Come on, let me talk a minute. That means because you decided to show up once in a month and then you're upset because somebody that you thought ought to have been doing right there supposed to be, that, that you're going to go home and gripe because somebody else was out of place when you're never even here. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. The, the Word of God calls that a hypocrite if you want to know, if you want to the bottom line. That's for, that's for judging people on a standard that you're not willing to be ha- judged yourself. I better sit down. It's getting hot up in here. Because we're always calling people hypocrites and they don't even know what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is holding somebody to a higher standard than you're willing to hold yourself. I want to know what would you think of me if I come walking in 15 minutes after I was supposed to start preaching? Or what would you think of Brandon or or Devin or Noah or Jason or, or Mark if they showed up in the middle 20 minutes into the worship service and decided to tune their instrument up and then they'd get ready and everybody else just get with it, how would that fly? It wouldn't fly. So why is it okay for you to be late? Why is it okay for you to volunteer for a position and, and, to come and say, I'll serve, but you show up when you get good and ready? Why is that okay? People suffer. The ministry suffers. The church suffers. Children suffer when people don't do as unto the Lord. See, this is what I was talking about when I'm, when I'm mindful of an election next year. Because this is the stuff you're supposed to do after you're reelected. But i got to tell you, I don't have a year to waste waiting on moving in God's plan and waiting on moving us forward and waiting on and, and building us up to be all that we can be. We don't have nine more months. The harvest is now. 
The time is now. And I have made up my mind that I'd rather be voted out for who I am than be reelected for who I'm not. We'll ask for excellence. In fact, we'll even demand it. Say, is that okay? Yes, it's okay. If it's okay on your job, it's okay. if it's okay with your children, if it's okay in every aspect of, the, of your life, then it's more than okay for the things of God because He deserves first, He deserves the best, and He deserves excellence. We're working on building facilities that we're working on there's people, Ed can verify, Grady can verify, Brandon can verify, Jared can verify because they're up here through the week. When uh, We know people have jobs we're not talking about. You can't be here for your ob- that kind of obligations. I'm talking about that they can verify that we're working full time to build, to build something excellent. So you're not seeing much around, but there's full time work going on during this time when things aren't happening out there, that the foundations of things are being put in place to where can, we can be excellent. Property being cleaned up. New websites and things like that being built. Things that you don't see, but things that do matter. Oh, it's, just, it's getting quieter and quieter and quieter. I believe with all of my heart, all of my being, everything I've got, that God is raising up Mag Church for a time of excellence, for a time of revival, for a time such as this, for a time for this area. When, when somebody has got to step up, it's got to be planned, and it's got to be made up our mind right up front that we're going to do it right. We're going to do it right. What does that even mean? That means for some of us that it's not going to look like what we thought it was going to look like. I'm talking about the building. Because we're not going to build it for 20 years ago. We're going to build it for today. That means for some of you that, that there'll be things bought and put into place that, that we're trying to follow the, thing, the, the, the way of the Lord because we, so we have all the tools at our disposal to be able to do everything that we're called to do. And sometimes because it doesn't interest you, you're not going to understand it, but God has called us to excellence. Now what does that mean? That doesn't mean we're out squandering and blowing and, 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 and not being accountable. We've got, a, we've got a board here and we've got a, we've got a budget here. And we know, we know the board, we know the budget, and we're, and we're trying to work all within that and get everything that we can possibly do and do it right within our means. You say, why are you preaching to us? Because it's important. It's important that you communicate It's important that everybody knows where we're at. You say, are these things spiritual? These things are spiritual. A spirit of excellence is spiritual. It means that we don't leave messes on the parking lot. It means that we don't leave messes in the bathroom. It means that when we use something out of the storage shed, that we don't open the door and throw it towards the back and shut the doors and hope somebody else takes care of it. 
Because we're wasting time and energy cleaning up after adults that could have done it right to begin with. Excellence. Excellence means worship teams practice and get along. Excellence means that pastors study to give you the word of life. Excellence means Sunday school teachers have their lesson ready in advance, not when they're walking in the door and picking it up on the way by. That should never happen. It should never happen. You ought to know what you're delivering because somebody's spiritual life is literally in your hands. You can have the key to what they need that week because you studied and because you were led of the Spirit. I don't even care what your book says. Be led of the Spirit. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Study the Word of God and deliver it as unto the Lord. It's not just something to do. And it's not just be thankful I showed up. It is, how can I do it right I believe with all of my heart that God is setting up this body today to be a leader in this area of Southeast Texas. I'm going to say it again because y'all are looking at me like the people that had holes in their doors that a coon could walk through. I've seen the look before. You're caught in the headlights. Yes, we can. And yes, we will. That means we build with the, not the mindset of just enough. That means we build with the mindset of more than today and Wednesday night. That means that we put ourselves in a position, if the section needs us to host a conference, we host the conference. That means if we, if we need to be in a position that the ladies stuff, is, the, the sectional or the district ladies stuff needs to be held in our area, that we have the facilities to do it, to accommodate it. I'm tired of a mentality that says, well, we can't do that here. Or we would love to do that, but we just don't have the facilities. Oh, I understand the place where you've done the best, can, best you can for as long as you can, but that's not the place we're in. But it's the place we can be. That's the place that we can park if that's really what we want to do. But God has better. But God has better. I don't like hearing people complain about what's going on, on in the assemblies of God and what's going on in the church and why it's going downhill and nobody's when they're not willing to lead. Don't want to hear people complain and gripe about the condition of things when they're not willing to get themselves in a position to change it. Ooh, it's, it's almost frosty. Church. We can. Church, we should. Church, to the best of my ability, I'm going to lead us to that place where God can do the best that he can do. I don't know why God chose to need us because he's God. But he, put, but, he, but he works through the church. And he works through the structure of the church. I'm going to tell you, the past was great. I, I could talk all day. I've, you've heard me testify about Pentecost. You've heard me talk. I could talk all day 
about what it used to be, but what it used to be won't do a thing for right now. It won't do a thing for tomorrow. Let me, let me tell you, the past is behind us. I don't know how to be anybody else. Heather doesn't need to know how to be anybody else. not even going to try because I don't know how. And I'm going to be, to the best of my ability, to the best of our ability, what God has called us to be for now. And I'm calling you to do the same thing. Be the best that you can be in the kingdom of God and at Mauriceville Assembly of God. And when we, when we offer God our best, when we call on Him to walk us through and to give us the plan, here's the, here's the, here's the thing churches do wrong. They plan and they plan and they plan and they plan and then they pray for God to bless their plan. That is so dead wrong that it couldn't be any more wrong. Plan, 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 plan. Pray for God to bless it. Wrong. It's Pray, 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 pray for the plan, plan, plan. Pray, pray, pray. God, give me the plan, plan, plan. There's no other way. It's the same ingredients, but it matters what order they're in. We pray for the plan, not plan and then pray. We're ready to step up. That means the building's clean. Bathrooms and all. That means the parking lot's wiped clean. Hey, we're working on that. That means when the new building is up and ready that it's more than just a new building, that means that the property has gotten tip-top shape. That means that we have every piece, every, every tool at our disposal that we can afford inside of it. That means that when we volunteer that we know that we're, that we're working for God and not the preacher and we're not working for credit and for who's looking at us. And then we seek after God above and beyond. Even talk about Daniel. It says they were going after him. He was excellent because he had a spirit of excellence. And they were going after him trying to find. Let me tell you something. Stop. Because I got. Stop. Just because. Right. Just because you're excellent don't mean people's going to like you. Matter of fact, because you are, people won't. Look at what it says in the scripture. Daniel was excellent. They went after excellence. And the other two guys, the other presidents didn't like it. They sought a way to bring him down. There'll be fights, battles, spiritual wars. Because you pursue the things of God. Because you pursue to be excellent. Because, you try to, because you're pursuing to be all that you can be. But it says they couldn't find anything in his character. Since they couldn't find anything in his character, they couldn't find anything, they couldn't find anything in his life, they couldn't find, they said if we're going to attack him, we're going to have to attack him in the things of God. Because see, they knew that the king wanted the people to worship the king, and Daniel wasn't going to worship the king. They knew the only place that they could get the king to get upset with him, this is the chapter where they were throwing Daniel in the lion's den. Sometimes you're going to face a lion's den. Because you chose to be excellent and you chose to be steadfast and sure and true to the living God and not get your eyes off of anything to the left or the right and people are going to come after you. But you do it anyway. Brandon, if you'll go ahead and make your way back. Church, I, I know it's an unusual Sunday morning, but that's all right. It's all right to be unusual. 
It's all right to lead, and it's all right to, to, to lay out vision. It's all right to say where we're going. It's all right to let you know where we're headed. You would not like me if I didn't. You would be complaining if, if we were just done what we wanted to and never communicated. Are you there? Is it true? But here's what I know. I know if God's dealing in me to talk, to, to speak to, to preach to the people of Mauriceville Assembly of God, that the Holy Spirit is going ahead of me and He's dealing in the hearts and lives of people. When you do things as unto the Lord, your way steps out of the way. When you're doing things as unto the Lord, you begin to, your motivation begins to be, what will the Lord have me do and not what will get me attention? It begins to be, I'm sold out and I'm dedicated to the things of God because eternal things are important. Everybody in this room and those who are God has laid out to reach to be in this room, God will have a plan for your life, a calling, a place in the body of Christ. Oh, it might be things that people can see like a, a musician or a worship leader or a youth pastor or a secretary or over mag kids and maybe it may be one of those things down the road but it may be to serve in a place that somebody might not even notice you for a year if ever but what you done was important just like when you don't see who mowed the grass but you're glad they did right or you're or, or, or you don't notice who's cleaning the bathrooms, but you're really glad when they don't look like a truck stop. Amen? You may not see the little lady that's up in age to where she can, can't even really get around anymore or some, or some man, but, you, but somewhere at home this week you shut herself in with God. They shut themselves in for, with God and began to intercede on behalf of a body of Christ. They begin to call out your loved one's needs, the, the needs they know is going on in your life, the, the, for your prodigals. Everybody has a place. And nobody has the right to do it halfway. Did you hear me? You don't have the right to do it halfway. Because if you do it halfway, somebody's going to not get their need met somebody's not going to get ministered to somebody is going to walk away when we do it halfway if you'll stand with me today there's a lot more I can say but I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit's done with me and I believe that his messages went out. And I also believe even now that he's dealing in hearts and lives. Some of us need to step up.
to begin with. Frankly, others of us need to repent for our attitude. And all of us need to be seeking God's plan for our life. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your spirit and for your word. Lord, I pray that you take these, my feeble attempt to convey your message. Lord, that you begin to work by your spirit that can do more than I ever thought about and begin to move and touch and speak into hearts and lives even now. Lord, that we'll begin to pray and seek your face for the things to come, that we're not waiting for tomorrow, that we're doing it today. And God, that you would use us. And God, that we would step into excellence because you deserve it. Everything you've ever done for me, you've done it in, in excellence. Everything you'll ever do for me or anyone else, you've done it excellent. Lord, when you sent your, when you sent your son to the cross, you didn't have to. But you sent the very best you had to pay the highest price that could be paid before me. And God, let me honor what you've done with the best of who I am. God, use me. God, use your people. Put a calling, a stir, and a draw into the hearts and lives of your people.